This is Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer. Good morning, Dan and Amy. What do we know as of this hour about the uh, disappearance slash murder of Saudi journalist, operative Jamal Khashoggi? President Trump uh, weighed in on this uh, yesterday, uh, last night in an interview with Trish Regan on Fox Business saying this. Turkey's looking at it very strongly. We're all looking at it together, but Turkey and Saudi Arabia are looking at it very strongly. And it depends whether or not the king or the crown prince knew about it, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Number one, what happened, but whether or not they knew about it. If they knew about it, that would be bad. Mm. And Secretary of State Mike Pompeo in Turkey, just met with the president after yesterday meeting with the crown prince. Told me they were going to conduct a thorough, complete, transparent investigation. They made a commitment to to hold uh, anyone connected to any wrongdoing that may be found accountable for that, whether they are uh, a senior officer or official. Uh, they promised accountability. Including a member of the royal family? They made no exceptions to who they would hold accountable. Yeah, I'm sure Ben Salman has somebody in mind to be the fall guy or guys on on, uh, on this matter. Well, a Turkish official told CNN that uh, his body was cut into pieces after he was killed. Yeah. At the Saudi consulate. There Istanbul. had been some suggestion of bone saws and yes. the like in earlier days. I mean, and then they went in they, and all the walls were repainted. And then the person they were looking for had fled the country. It's um, it's fascinating to watch the um, ever evolving context context of what allegedly happened. Uh, I guess they didn't feel that uh, he was accidentally murdered during an interrogation where when he was supposed to be taken back to Riyadh to be murdered. I guess they found that maybe that isn't going to be enough. Maybe we can't sell that. Uh, one thing Trump said yesterday, though, that is a bit problematic. I mean, I understand what he's trying to do to keep the Kavanaugh enthusiasm uh, going into November 6th, but he told the Associated Press, I think we have to find out what happened first. Here we go again with, you know, you're guilty until proven innocent. I don't like that. We just went through that with Justice Kavanaugh, and he was innocent all the way around as far as I'm concerned. Okay, but I'm I'm not sure that... different, vastly different circumstances. Yeah, I would say vastly different standards, too. For more on uh, this topic, and perhaps we'll even get to uh, Horseface, uh, we're pleased to be joined by Noah Rothman, Associate Editor for Commentary Magazine, and uh, he will be one of the featured speakers at our Freedom Summit coming up in 11, 10 days. Yes, it's October 27th at the Westin in Itasca. And if you want tickets, the, you know, some are sold out, our premium gold tickets sold out, but we have a limited number of premium silver and economy seats. Just go to freedomsummitchicago.com. All right, Noah, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. So uh, how is uh, Team Trump, Trump, Pompeo, at all handling this uh, issue of the Khashoggi disappearance in your estimation? Uh, well, I, I think actually he's gotten kind of a raw deal, believe it or not. Um, he is in an extremely difficult position. Um, a lot of the commentary surrounding how the president has responded in particular to this event it has focused on his own personal potential financial interest in the kingdom, um, of which we know very little about. Um, but he himself talked about how he has financial interest in the kingdom in 2015 on the trail. Um, 
And because his reaction has diverged from his fellow party members in the Senate, uh, where there is bipartisan agreement that there needs to be some sort of uh, punishment for the kingdom, and I think that's going to happen, but he's been a little bit more reticent to embrace that. And the reality is that any president would be. Yes. Any president of the United States understands or should understand or has been informed at least by their advisors of the extent to which America's legitimate national security commitments and interests are maintained by the Saudi kingdom and are intertwined with the interests of the Saudi kingdom. And so it is not the prerogative of Congress to maintain those, those interests or even be as, as aware of them um, as the president of the United States would be. He would be informed by the Pentagon, uh, by the State Department, um, by the CIA, as to what operatives, as to what interests and assets we have in theater and what could be sacrificed if we were to lose those interests. You heard some of that from Marco Rubio recently, who was talking about how um, cutting off arms sales to Saudi Arabia isn't necessarily going to benefit <clears throat> the United States. Um, it certainly wouldn't punish the kingdom because they would just turn right around and find those weapons from Russia or China, but it would sacrifice a lot of our influence. Uh, so the president is kind of walking a tightrope here, and I sympathize with him there. Uh, I don't think he's handled it rhetorically well. I don't think he handles many things well rhetorically. Uh, but in this case, he has very little choice but to walk a very narrow tightrope. Well, you know, Saudi Arabian officials say they promise full disclosure, but do you, th do you think the crown prince knew about this, and could he possibly have ordered the hit? Yeah, he could have possibly ordered this. Um, I, I, I've been reluctant to embrace the whole uh, cult of personality around uh, Mohammed bin Salman. I think he has actually done some pretty remarkable things insofar as he's recognized the reality on the ground in the Middle East in the wake of uh, the Arab Spring and the Iran deal and the shifting um, nature of geopolitics in the region such that he's sort of uh, welcomed this thaw in relations between Sunni Arab states and Israel, which has been absolutely remarkable and, and a valuable um, but those uh, Americans who have all of a sudden determined that this guy was a, uh, you know, a social democrat worthy of uh, full integration to the international community has been to meet premature. I think we've seen now as a result of these actions um, that that is the correct assessment. We don't know whether or not he ordered this personally, but it's hard to believe that there wasn't a chain of, of uh, command structure here that kept him out of the loop. It's also hard to believe that this is all about uh, a, a quote-unquote journalist or op-ed writer who's been critical of the uh, uh, of the regime, and there's not more at play here with you're talking about the nephew of Adnan Khashoggi, the uh, infamous arms dealer. Uh, you're talking about somebody who uh, reportedly had uh, relationships with uh, senior-level members of the ruling family in Saudi Arabia, had had interactions with bin Laden uh, in uh, the first part of this century, that this is was more than just an op-ed writer and a critic of the administration. This is uh, the, the regime. This is somebody who has been an operative in uh, Saudi goings-on for some time, and perhaps there's a bigger, deeper dynamic at play. Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, it's all very speculative at this point. All we know is uh, that the this was a guy who is very critical of a regime that is a dictatorial regime, that is an authoritarian regime, and there's no reason to believe that they had, that they wouldn't punish somebody for that kind of behavior. Uh, they do that. So I'm, I'm disinclined to engage in any sort of you know, broader speculation at this point, when what we know is bad enough.
And it's entirely theoretically possible that that's what the simplest explanation here is the real explanation. Mm. So I hate to bring this up, but uh, President Trump did win his defamation case against Stormy Daniels, and they got into a tit for tat on Twitter. He called her a horse face. She called him yeah. tiny. Uh, what do you make of all this? Um, you know, he had he had such a great win here, and he just steps all over it. Um, you know, so uh, Mike Avenatti has been soliciting donations from the resistance left uh, for quite some time, and a lot of it went to Stormy Daniels and Stormy Daniels' case, and this week a judge ordered that Stormy Daniels had to pay the president's legal fees. So all that money that the resistance contributed to Stormy Daniels is going literally into the president of the United States' pocket. Um, That would drive them absolutely insane if Trump could keep his mouth shut, if he could just not behave like they expect him to behave, live down to their expectations for one minute. But he just he just can't. I, I don't understand it. He really, he really had the opportunity here to rub it in their face, and he just made it that much easier for them to, to you know, not, not really revel in their defeat. Well, even uh, the greater opportunity because of Elizabeth Warren's self-immolation and uh, drawing even the criticism of a former Obama campaign manager, Jim Messina, basically saying, you know, can't Democrats just be disciplined and focus on the uh, chore at hand, which is November 6th, and now they've created, Elizabeth Warren's created a sideshow over her Native American ancestry. So even just continuing to focus on that as she doubles and triples down on it seems to me um, uh, you know, more, of a ki- more akin with what we saw from Senate Democrats during the Kavanaugh hearing of people you just say, I don't want to be with them. Yeah, and there's also this weird notion that Elizabeth Warren was doing this as a response to Trump. Donald Trump didn't make Elizabeth Warren take a DNA test. The only reason why Elizabeth Warren is taking a DNA test is to get out in front of a story that would look horrible for Democratic primary voters. Democratic primary voters are not as informed about uh, Elizabeth Warren's background as Republican primary voters are. And they might take offense at the notion that this blonde-eyed, blue-haired, alabaster-skinned woman was Harvard Law's, quote, first woman (laughs) of color in the law department. They're not going to appreciate that. So she had to either get out in front of that story or let Kamala Harris make a big deal of it in the primaries. Well, yeah, that's that's, true. that's right. But I mean, but how, how did she do trying to get out in front of it? It seems to me that now she's just informing the left of the same things that um, the right knew and were, were critical of her for. Yeah, I have no idea what she thinks she's doing. Honestly. She thinks seems to think she's winning this news cycle. And there are quite a few news outlets that appear to be playing this as though this is, is vindicative and not completely embarrassing. Um, I, I, I think it's pretty corrupt on the, on the part of those news outlets that are not treating this as though it's an absolute face plant. But outside the very small bubble in which Elizabeth Warren and her coterie of admirers in the press inhabit, this looks really bad for her. And her just, stock is dropping precipitately as, as a result of her behavior. So sticking uh, with the Democrats and the Senate for a moment, uh, we also see sort of some other campaigns, key Senate races, the Democrat nominee melting down a little bit. Heidi Heitkamp with uh, the apology she had to issue yesterday. Uh, Martha McSally uh, seeming to get get the better of uh, her opponent's cinema over uh, comments she made about going to fight for the Taliban some uh, two decades ago. And even uh, Claire McCaskill caught undercover, as well as her campaign people by O'Keefe, suggesting that, you know, she has one public position on guns and then she has a private position on guns. Um, so some some progress there for Republicans, it seems. 
Um, yeah, so they're all really different situations, but they're really um, all pointing in the same direction, as you note. So the Claire McCaskill hit is bizarre to me because the, the video says, you know, this is Claire McCaskill saying she supported an assault weapons ban. Yeah, she voted for an assault weapons ban in 2013. This is really not news. Claire McCaskill is to the left of her state on guns. Um, you can make an issue of that, but it's not exactly lying. So it's a very strange package. Well, well, but, but, but there's, there's the additional interview, though, of the staffer who says Claire McCaskill doesn't stand with moms who demand action and other groups because it could cost her votes, but she's really with them, essentially. So that's a little bit more toward of the disingenuous two-stepping that politicians do. Sure. Um, that's fair enough. As for uh, Kristen Cinema, she's run an actually very disciplined campaign, and she's still very disciplined. Uh, and her voting record is relatively centrist, but she came from a uh, far-left anti-war uh, activist background, and all that opposition research is dropping on her at the very last minute, and it's pretty effective. I'm to be, I'd be shocked if she survives this carpet bombing of opposition research that, of just demonstrating the things that she said that are so offensive towards her state. Um, by contrast, uh, Heidi Heitkamp just scored a horrible own goal. Um, yes. she, no one, no one dropped a dime on her. Right. She, her. she and her staff released this ad that outed a variety of women who were sexual assault victims who did not want to be outed, and they're suing, and she had to apologize, and it's become a giant scandal in her state. And she was already very much in trouble before this happened, but I can't see how she survives it. So, yeah, Republicans have been benefiting in a lot of ways. Um, some of them more, some of them more uh, fortuitous than others. But uh, yes, in, in the Senate, things are cutting their way. And I would love to see a, a poll of a state that isn't Texas. We've had so many polls of Texas, <laughs> oh all of them showing Ted Cruz doing well. We have no polls in Missouri, or yeah. um, Indiana, or North Dakota, uh, or half the states that where the, where Democrats are defending territory. And things have definitely changed in the last two weeks. Yeah, good point. Noah Rothman, associate editor for Commentary Magazine. His latest column is on Elizabeth Warren, identity theft, and you see him October 27th at our Freedom Summit in Itasca. Noah Rothman, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you. And to get tickets, go to freedomsummitchicago.com. That's freedomsummitchicago.com.